NTR Network, uh, the doctor here with Joseph and Parrish from the Discovery Crew and a rare sighting of Chris, our editor-in-chief, our fearless leader from the MTR Network to discuss season three, episode one of Discovery. How's everybody doing? I want to defend myself. I told everyone (laughs) at the beginning that I would always be back for Star Trek Discovery. I understand there's a bunch of others. I know CBS has now come. The house that Star Trek built and everything else is going on. And they got 50 million Star Trek shows. <laughs> I always said I'd be back for Star Trek Discovery. Not my fault. They got delayed. <laughs> oh, no, man. We, 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 might, we might have to carry the uh, conspiracy theory, theory over from the nerd off to here, man. <laughs> yeah, what you call money? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, two things can be true at the same time. I'm, not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I never made a commitment to anything else other than Star Trek Discovery. And I'm here. I am keeping my commitments. <laughs> so we're oh gosh, I'm 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 a terrible hostess. Uh, we are back to discuss. It's part one, but we wanted to jump out and jump in there and talk about it because even though it was a part one episode, it was still a good episode, and I feel like it didn't have to be a part one episode. Um, but it picks back up where we left off, which is Michael taking the discovery and her team who would refuse to leave her behind into the future, approximately 930 years into the future to remove discovery from the timeline to preserve the Federation. Only we get 930 years into the future and the Federation is gone. But you know, what's interesting is that the title is that hope is you part one. But the next title is Far From Home. So what happened to part two? (laughs) It got eaten by control. (laughs) I I guess. I guess. And we got got my boy. Um, um, On Wikipedia that it is Far From Home, That Hope Is You, part two. So maybe it's a whole bunch of colons thrown in there somewhere. Maybe, but it's got our boy, David Ajala, who recently appeared as Manchester Black on Supergirl and the way they killed him, we were like, this isn't a death death, but apparently if he's on Discovery, it was a death death. My my man died brutally, horribly, viciously on Supergirl. (laughs) I said, fuck it, I'm going to the future. I'm going to Star Trek. Let's go. But I mean, yeah, I'm like 20 seasons behind on Supergirl, so I missed out on all of that. What I will say is the man got a hell of a presence. Yes, he was in season four of, um, he was in the MAGA season of uh, Supergirl. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Yep, it was the MAGA yeah. season. It was the MAGA season. So, what wow. was, so, you know, Michael shows up. But sadly, ooh, shoot, I should probably close that so that's not chirping in the background. Uh, <clears throat> so Michael shows up. It looks like the Discovery's right behind her, but she gets knocked off course because she collides with uh, uh, David Ajala, whose character's name is Cleveland Book. Black is name on any, in any universe, in any time period. <laughs> <laughs> collides with his vehicle, which... I think if if I'm reading this right, basically knocks the connection between her pulling Discovery behind her. So it's possible, as they find out at the end, from my boy who must be protected at all costs, Mr. Sahil, that Discovery could either be right behind her or show up a thousand years after her. It's the interstellar. It's interstellar math. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just being serious. It's just, I'm, you know, it's it's... 
Christopher Nolan Interstellar math is like, yeah, you're right behind us, but it could also be 3,000 years. Yeah, you know, makes sense. <laughs> it's 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 that kind of math. You got to use that kind of Star Trek slash Interstellar slash, you know, throw quantum in front of it, and uh, it makes sense. <laughs> we throw quantum in front of everything to make ourselves sound smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it, you know, the quantum mechanics, the quantum entanglement. Strip frame, strip frame. Yeah, just everything. You know, makes sense. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, y'all forgot tachyons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Tachyons, dilithium. Yeah. You know, yeah. Everything. You know, throw all those words out there, and they don't mean anything because it's Star Trek. And and no, they don't mean anything, but then they do also mean things. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> they mean everything and nothing at the same time. Exactly. It's it's it makes perfect sense. And so then we can. Oh, I'm, not even, I'm not even being facetious. I'm being dead serious. Like, it makes perfect sense. Like they said that. He said that I'm like, oh yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Going, it doesn't actually make sense, but it does make sense. So. Mm-hmm. Well, but what was interesting about it was when she shows up and she's asking, "Where am I?" I'm like, "Honey, you need to be asking, when are you?" Because honestly, she showed up with her tech and showed it to him, and he looked at it like my sons look at me when I showed him a typewriter or a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> Disney World that had records hanging on the wall. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I thought when she pulled out her when she pulled out her phaser, I thought it was in does that thing go pew pew? Like what, what is this? <laughs> like is, do you have enough ammo? It was like, you know, do you need to charge it up? Like what are you doing with this thing? You need a couple of hours. Oh my God. That's like okay, that I shared this post on Facebook. Some girl had this old ancient looking gun talking about run up, and somebody said that motherfucker looked like it needed oil change. <laughs> yes, that was. <laughs> old guns are the fun <laughs> so Somebody else... said that was the gun that killed Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody else was like, "That's the serial number on that is just one." <laughs> Oh, that's how Book was looking at her technology. <laughs> now, I have a question for you guys. Is Book a magical Negro? Discuss. <laughs> well, not well because you said he has a he has a he has he has a first and last name. I'm gonna say no, even though we only heard one name right now. Yeah. Um. Oh no, he says his first name is Cleveland. He does. Okay, yeah. cool. Then he's not. Because see, to me, magical Negroes only have one name. Um, they're the um, there are a, a man from Amistad, um, and <laughs> they only got one name. Um, and then literally all they have is magical stuff. So we didn't learn. It wasn't like he showed up and he did magical stuff first. So and th- not only that, but there's also like a collective of magical Negroes. So I don't think so. I think he's so fine. he's not a magical Negro, but he's a Negro with magical powers. Okay. Yes, there we go. Also. That's exactly- also, I mean, can you really be a magical Negro when all we see is Negroes in the episode? Well, and <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, a magical his... Negro has to be one. Oh, that's true. Because I was going to say, to be fair, too, on his sanctuary planet, I saw some brown Asians, like some Southeast Asian folks, maybe some Middle Eastern folks in that collective. Yeah, no, no. A magical Negro is, is only by himself as a magical Negro. There's not magical Negroes, you know, it's, yeah. it's not a you know, a, a basket of Negro, of uh, magical Negroes. It's, it's got to, you can only have one. It's them the rules. Like, as soon as there's two of them, it's like, oh, they just some niggas. So it's, 
All I gotta say is thank God Quentin Tarantino is not involved with Star Trek anymore. Listen, right? Because right. right, then it'd be niggers with magic, and so we don't. <laughs> um, Jesus. So yeah, these these are some these are just some niggers that can that can do some shit. So yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> So seriously, we're jumping around a little bit. What did you guys think of the episode? What, what were your thoughts, your impressions? So my first thing going in was I wanted to see some technology, and um, yeah, we got some technology, so I'm, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, one thing I noticed was, um, and I'm probably the only. Well, I don't know if anyone notices, and I didn't notice it until it got called pointed out. I was listening to another podcast and they pointed it out. The season intro titles, you know, they change. You know, they change every season mm-hmm. very subtly, but they do change. Yes. Like um, when they showed Burnham in season three, you could actually see her uh, her locks. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And you know, the um, when the ship is sh- uh, they showed a ship for the first time. You're seeing the red crystals instead of the blue, and which I'm assuming is the dilithium crystals. Um, just a little interesting touch. And overall, I loved this the episode. Um, it was a, honestly a little bit jarring coming from the roller coaster that was Lower Decks, but <laughs> it was fun to get on, you know, this version of Star Trek, which I didn't realize how much I missed it until. I saw it. I mean, yeah, because we came from Lord Dex, which was so irreverent. <laughs> Just like, is this really Star Trek? To, yeah, it, it went back to like serious, almost reverential. But even within that, she called herself out like, I am way too serious for my own fucking good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing, that, the thing that gets me about, and it's always gotten me about discovering all the stuff is, and I, again, somebody who's and and still to this day, I've realized that CBS has realized where their where their bread, bread and butter is and where they're going to stick to, and so got to give them credit in because you know they've also announced that they're they're already coming back for a fourth season for this. They know where they're putting their money at, and so I think the thing that comes out to me that stands out the most to me about the show, I like you know it's Star Trek. Of course, I love it. I wouldn't be here if it, if it was trash. I would not be here today. I've got way too many things, other things going on, so. But it's how beautiful it looks. Like they put money into how the show looks, and it's been a while because what? It's been a year. Yeah. Oh my it, god! It, yeah, it has been. Been yeah, and so you kind of sometimes forget how much goes into making this show and how one like just how beautiful it looks. I mean, the amount of money they spend on this one episode, right? <clears throat> had to be ridiculous. I mean, you had personal transport they jumped and it wasn't like they were just like you know you know uh, towards the back end love agent and shield but towards the back end of, of of his run i mean they started having to save money and so they would be on the same set for like half a season they jumped between three different four five like 10 different places on this on that planet to give you different looks and give you different things you were doing then you have the shift you have the technology you have all this different stuff and so i think that's the thing that always stands out to me about discovery and we're finally getting to the point where now, and it's always funny to me about what we did with this, right? There's two things, right? One, that when we started this show, Burnham was literally, you know, almost like the cause of the destruction of, of the Federation. Yeah. Um, and here with this season, it was like we might be her having to kind of reestablish it and bring it back. And then two, 
there's also just the idea of when we started the show, we always, and everybody used to comment on this, but like, you know, Discovery and the, the technology they had were almost too modern for that time period of the Federation and Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And now here we are, we're like, oh, wait, now you guys are actually old school shit. Like, Discovery's <laughs> going to show up and you're going to be like, that, that's a, like, you saw the preview, it was like, wait, it, you call this a science? This is a museum. <laughs> It's like, and so it's just funny to me that we've gone from it being almost too advanced and now they're now, you know, literally outdated, you know, and so I think that is the stuff that um, kind of really stood out to me about this episode and, and again, what the journey is going to be and that's always been the thing with Discovery is how we get to where they're going because I don't know where they're going with it, but I'm, uh, they got me for the ride. Very true, very true. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I just completely blanked out. Somebody say something because I'm getting old, y'all. I'm getting old. I'm oh, I like to go back to the point about how, like, Discovery now is an ancient, like, a museum. Like, that made me immediately think about Battlestar Galactica, where mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that Galactica was so antiquated was actually the reason why it survived. And oh, I, oh, yeah, because it wasn't think, online like everything else was. Exactly. And you got to think that something like that is going to come back. Like, they are 900 years in the past. And so, you know, they're not updated for the current technology. And that may save their ass in, in, at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, you know, it's literally, yeah, you know, it's almost starting fresh. You know, and so I think that's going to be the interesting thing here when you kind of when you get along and and even and and Star Trek Discovery has always done this good thing of kind of, you know, getting your character development and starting your characters and and involving them in there. And so even in this episode, we get introduced to a new character like this is a character we don't we never we we, we were talking about Discovery, but we don't see Discovery suffer in the previews right Right. for the the rest of the season. So we don't and maybe a little bit when we see them behind Burnham, I think. Um, but then we don't get them or the crew. We don't know anything else happening to them right now. So really this episode is really Burnham and Book. And they do a really good job of kind of establishing the world that we're in, the time period we're in, establishing a little bit of what some of the conflicts are, enough of the mystery so we we, we are definitely intrigued. But then also you get, this, you, you get more on Book, right? We go from Book just being a carrier, you know, a thief and runner and stuff like that, and you get what he is, what he really is, it's much more than that. He's a conservationist. And, what now? He's a conservationist. Right, but not just and not just that though, right? It's like he his people or he come from a, a lot of people that are actually poachers and hunters and things like that. But because of his unique abilities, that makes him an outcast for them. And so now he's with this other collective that does that. And so in just one episode, was it, I guess these what what just under sixty minutes? Yeah. You know, in one episode, <clears throat> you get a fully fleshed out character that we had never seen before in the show. And so now you're fully invested in book without really, you know, and you, and we still have the rest of the discovery crew. We're in this new world. We're in this new time period, but right off the back, we are now fully invested in who this man is. And the, the other, um, the, the newly commissioned Starfleet, uh, officer, Mr. Sahil, <laughs> protect him at all costs. He better not yeah, die. I mean, <laughs> right. So, so you now have these two characters that you literally just meet and, you know, and but you're now fully invested in both of them. And I I think between that and again, what we've always talked about on the show, what always has made Star Trek so great 
is the fact that you're doing this. Like, now that I think about it, was there like maybe two white people on this episode? If were, that, were there? I don't remember seeing like, any white people. Well, I think one of the um one of the guards, one of the um the guys who were chasing after them might have been. And it may but then he might have been like but like again, you can't you can't ignore that. The fact that the prom all the, the three most prominent people you 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 are memorable from this episode, you know, are three people of color. Mm-hmm. Two two black you folks know? and uh um I believe he's Indian. Yes. Yep. And and so just right out the gate, you're kind of also then again reminded that this is what Star Trek Discovery has always been, and that Star Trek Discovery has always been centering um, these people in these stories and and making them the central pieces. You know, it's like I said, uh, what, what was the name of the guy? Was it Khalil? What was his name? Who? I'm sorry, the, the 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 guy who who literally was his one job to carry on the name of Starfleet. Oh, Mr. Sahil. <clears throat> Mr. Sahil. Right, it's like again, you get them at the beginning of the episode and the end, but if that isn't like the most like gut wrenching, like emotional moment at the end when he's just asking Burnham to hang the flag and that this is what his job is, like you get him for maybe what a total of five minutes on screen, and, and it's he, so and impactful, and you're now fully invested in the character, and it's like there's not that many shows out there that can do that, that can that can come back from a long break in a new season. And open it up, and there's only one of your characters from the previous seasons there, and everybody else is new, and you're instantly connected in. And mind you, they like, connected to a, him to us immediately, right? Because it opens with his little cute alarm clock, his little little birdie alarm clock. We see the passage of time as he wakes up every day. He gets dressed. He sits with this container with the Starfleet signal, and he just sits and he's waiting. And that's all we see. But immediately, I'm like, okay, who's this dude? And why do I want to hug him suddenly? And then at the end, we find out why I want to hug him suddenly because he's been waiting 40 years for someone to walk through that door and lift that flag. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They did the same thing with Pike. Mm-hmm. Like, Pike walked in the door. He gave that speech. And I was like, look, I, I, look I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board. Like, wherever you want me to go, I'm going to go. And I feel the same thing about Mr. Sahil. Yeah. Like, I'm, in, I'm fully invested in him. And there's not again, not too many shows can can do that, or would or would do that, coming back into yeah. their third season, right? Yeah, that's maybe yeah. eventually add him in there, but coming back out the gate like that, you know, and 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 they do, and they and and there's such it's such an important piece, you know, right? Between Burnham and Book Booker, right, them together, and then having Sahil at the end, wrapping it all up and bringing it all together. You know, you now have, you know, they call it a part one, but like you said, I'm, I agree with you. Um, I wouldn't have called this a part one. I think this is just, you know, the first episode because it doesn't feel like a part one. It feels like it's a, a complete episode like that. You clearly want to know more about where the, the Discovery crew is and things like that, but like, we're cool with it. This is, this is a great episode and it ends with you going and like, all right, I, I have every, I, I have a feeling that I know of where they're going to try to go with this season and now it's about the journey of how we get there i'm i'm in board like yeah and mind you some kind of way um our girl Giorgio shows up because we saw her in the preview and i was like yes and thank you mm-hmm. right yeah i think so- she was on board at the end last season so that's why she's there which kind of also makes me think that 
um, this Section 31 show is going to be in the future. Yeah, I thought or so too. Current that time. You know, you bring back Starfleet. Well, well, why not bring back the shady part too? You know. Yeah, you kind of need it. I mean, that's, no, that's do we do we point. need it though? Do we need it? <laughs> at this world, looking at, looking at what we saw. Yeah, you do. You need uh, it. That's the, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. They started with the Kelvin stuff that they carried over into Discovery. Like, you kind of need Section Thirty One for Starfleet to exist. You know, you need somebody to be the monster that can't exist in Federation, but will do. You know. Basically, the she she uh, she would tell uh, Edge of Four in uh, Serenity, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the monster that shouldn't exist here, but I got to do what needs to be done to make it exist. Yeah. Can we also talk about the fact that it's interesting that Ala Wheaton, every black male who's kind of a semi-religious figure, is named Book, mm. and it's always mm. a black dude. <laughs> and I thought about that too. Yeah. Like okay, I, I, that that's the thing. I also love that you know we've seen Michael be so stoic and serious. I love that they got her high <laughs> and let Sonequa show off a little bit of comedy <laughs> as well. Yeah, that, that was great. I, I was watching it uh, Thursday morning before starting work, and I was just trying my best not to laugh so loud because <laughs> I didn't want to wake up everybody in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like no. now that that in general that shows are smart enough to trust that everything doesn't need to be spelled out for the viewer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, book clearly gave us an info dump of what happened over the, you know, over the 930 years that we didn't see, but it didn't feel like an info dump. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't set everything out on the table. You know, it was just kind of like, yeah, you know what happened. Wait a minute. You don't know what happened. And then, you know, we just got enough to be, you know, uh, uh, thirsty for the next episodes where I'm, I'm sure they're going to explain the gap in time. But I, 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 I applaud that shows are now, they trust us enough to just run with it and fill us in as we go along instead of the, trying to find a way to dump everything at us at once. It's kind of well, I- it's kind of the Lovecraft model, right? I don't know if you guys are watching Lovecraft Country, but... I started watching and catching up and I'm always a week behind because I like to miss the Twitter hot takes because I don't give a fuck about their hot takes. But I mean, there's stuff that happens in the show that if you're following along and you're smart or just paying attention, you don't need them to spell it out. And that's why I avoid the hot takes because all the hot takes are like, well, they didn't explain it. It was like they didn't have to. If you're too daft or you're too busy tweeting, you're going to miss it. Whereas if you're paying attention while you're watching, you'll catch it. Or if you're busy trying to formulate some sort of um, uh, harebrained critique of the show. Yeah. Or you're, you're too busy tweeting it. You're, you're too busy live tweeting it. And so you miss it. So I do the same thing with Lovecraft. Uh, I'm literally, um, I'm actually three episodes behind. Two episodes behind. I'm going to watch them before the and I actually have access to the last one. So I'm going to try, I try to, I just try to avoid the commentary online. Even though I review it, I try to avoid it because it's just, it's too much. People, People at that point, it becomes academic and they're not actually enjoying the show anymore, right? Because you're actually now trying to break apart everything and it loses its appeal. But I don't take a step back and say it's not just the Lovecraft model. I feel like this is what um, this is what foreign shows do. And foreign movies yes, do, yes. Right? You know, and this is why I like um, foreign horror films, Korean horror films, um, and things like that is they, they, sometimes they go too far. And I get, I, and I admit that there's sometimes... You do need that info, don't you? Do need to give some of the information. You can't go 
too much and on the other side where you give nothing, which is don't do that. But like you have to treat the audience with some level of you should treat the audience with some level of you're adults, figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. Right? Or or I'm not telling you this and the absence of information is part of the story. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the other thing too. Like too much and, and this goes back to why and, I, and I'm and I'm preaching more and more shows doing this because they did the same thing with the boys. More and more shows now, even though they're streaming, are now going back to the model of releasing it week by week. Mm-hmm. And people because, were complaining about that. Well, they were because they're spoiled, and people want all the information dumped from for them. But you need time to digest it. You need time to have to watch this stuff and and really think about what's happening, so you can actually have that anticipation for the next episode. So here, what they did was they give you the info dumps. Like you said, they did it smartly, right? They break it up also. So different characters give you different info dumps. So mm-hmm. we'll give some info, and then uh, Sahil gives us some other info as well, and you get it in different places. You also get it from looking at, you know, the the the, where, the world you're you're surrounded by, and and it makes sense. It allows you to not get the full information, and also the idea of hey, you know, if someone if some traveler from another time comes and gives you once you give you a a history dump on something that happened a hundred years ago, would you be able to give them a full detail of that? No. no. You'd be like, yeah, um, there was a civil war and like, you know, because white people were racist and black people were enslaved and then they, we weren't enslaved anymore, but then we kind of were. Like, you're not going to give them like, well, then this happened and this has happened and this, you're not going to, you, no, I'm like, I don't know this. And so at one point, Booker's like, like, no, this happened, but like, I don't know, like, it was way before my time. Like, that's a, actually a real answer. He mm-hmm. wouldn't know that. Right. You need the info coming from a computer or somebody that has that detailed knowledge and all the other stuff and has a real reaction. So the people giving the, the, the info dumps in this are having real reactions. And two, also the, what the fuck? I don't know. Go read a book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Right. Oh, everybody right. Knows, right. You know, it's like that to me is what makes it real. And, and I think that, that helps, you know, and it's the logical reaction. You know, yeah, yeah, I do agree that it's it's a general movement in 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 shows. I and I appreciate it. Like one of the best examples of like not doing the info dump is uh, Motherland Fort Fort Salem, which is a show that I've I've actually that that I've absolutely grown to love because it throws you in the deep end of the pool, and then over the course of the season, you figure out how all of this came about and what all of it means. And I like those kind of shows. I think that, um, you know, you unless you're specifically looking for disposable entertainment, and that's fine. I, I do that too. Um, yeah, sometimes I do want to sit and process and think about, well, how did this happen? Well, how do you connect the lines? Where do you go from here? Um, and I think that is, in, you know, in support of some shows are better binged and some shows are actually fine to do week to week. Yeah. I think if it's disposable entertainment, yeah, I can binge the shit out of that. But like for a, for a Star Trek or a Lovecraft country, yeah, I'm fine with the week to week. I am too. I really am. I like, and especially now, I think people think they want something that they don't want, right? So it's like, oh, I want all the episodes now. You wanted all the episodes now because you knew you could stock them up when life was normal. 
life is not normal anymore. Some of us are working from home and some of us are super busy. Sure. Some of us are not as busy as we once were. And you know that once this is done, there's nothing else coming for a good while because hello, despite all the idiots out there acting like we're not in a pandemic, we still are in a pandemic. We are still in the first wave of a pandemic. So you can get all that stuff up front, but then what's going to happen is you're not going to have anything for two, three years. You're going to be mad about that. They know what they're spreading this out so that they have time to give you more so they can keep the momentum going. It's it's also, it's also just your brain. Like we are not meant to constantly consume all of this stuff and, and be able to process it all at the same time. And along with your, I mean, like, sure. If if all you're doing is binging shows and maybe, right. But a lot of us are also working, we're managing, we're doing other things as well. Like you need time to kind of, sit down and formulate your thoughts, you know, on this kind of stuff and think, and think about it. And granted, again, this episode is very, for the most part, straightforward like that, but I know just from what we've done in previous seasons, it'll eventually get to that part where you're drawing connections. You're, you're, you're having these things and, and, and there's a bigger conversation, much like what happened with Lovecraft, you know, if, even the boys, right? It's like this stuff happens with these things and you need to, you need time to really kind of think about what you just watched, what you just witnessed to kind of pull it all together. And it's, it's fine that I just, you it's you know what? It's fine to chew your food before you swallow it. It's actually probably healthier for you. It actually is healthier for you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, it avoids you having these ridiculous takes. Oh, those will never go away, sadly. No, right. It, it, you have those takes because you're you're you you feel like it's a pothole, or you feel like the the answer hasn't been there. But it's like it's not a pothole. You just haven't gotten to that point yet. You know, the stuff is known, the stuff is there, so take your time, you know, so. There is one more thing I want to address, and this is just for our audience, and I know most of our audience probably doesn't do this, but for those of you who are getting caught up on the fact that people are shitting on Discovery on Twitter and online, ignore that shit. Enjoy what you, you are grown. Enjoy what you enjoy. Stop worrying about people that's mad because it ain't all white all the time, and enjoy your show. Cause I've seen a lot ever since discovery launched this past week, I've seen a lot of people. Oh, I've noticed that the problem people seem to have with discovery is cause it, you know, they're always coming from Michael and she's a black woman. I was like, I'm not saying that's not a real thing. I'm a black woman. And I acknowledge that. You know what else I know as black women, we just got to live our lives and fuck everybody else and ignore them. So do it. Enjoy what you enjoy. Stop letting these trolls online get to you. I know sometimes the YouTube algorithm get a little spotty. You watch one thing and all of a sudden it thinks you want to see all the incels who ain't got nothing to do all day except edit videos about why they hate shit that's got people of color. Just go on to YouTube like I do. Hit not interested block channel and keep it moving. Stop worrying about these folks. You know I am still um, on this podcast, right? You know, what? You, you didn't call me out like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No, but there's three, there's three things about that, right? There's one is that uh, those those motherfuckers are watching too. Thank so, you. Yeah. As much as they're complaining, they're still watching. Two, Discovery got a season four, so they literally mean nothing. And 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 three, they've been doing this since the beginning. So like it literally it it they it, again look, see one and two, they're still watching, and it's got a season four. They literally mean nothing at at whatever, and. It's very, very clear from what CBS is doing that they are expanding um, their Star Trek universe centered on what the success of Star Trek Discovery is. So, and again, I point out how beautiful this show looks in this, ep- in this first episode that they are sparing no expense on it. 
So this is not a case of hey, they're they're like they're screaming to avoid. You got to at some point. Again, it's one of the things that I've I've had to become a reformed, you know, uh, troll hunter on on, on social media <laughs> because I'm do it right now. Um, and I found that my life is so much easier if I just literally realize that they they literally are not making a move. It, it, I understand like a couple years ago when we thought that they were actually. Enough of them to actually cause a problem, cause some of our shows to be canceled, cause some of the comics we like to read to 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 be to be canceled. But it's it, the reality is that they they don't they they have no power. They literally are just trying to you know make the YouTube algorithm work. And so let, let them scream. You know they're giving us the numbers that we need to keep the show that they hate going. So fuck them. Maybe. I mean, I get what everybody is saying, and I agree with y'all. I still want my written apology for everybody who bitched about uh, Discovery taking place in the in the original series area. Oh, no, but that's era. different. That, that, those are not the racial trolls. Those, <laughs> yeah, those, that, those are the yeah. people that, that that are they're never going to write you. But they're the same people that also said the Asian Shield was trash for the first season, right? It's it's, it's, uh-huh. the, it's all those people. All those people. There's a, I have a list. I have a list of people. I do. I I've kept that list. At some point, I will exact my revenge, and that that is totally <laughs> different. Than, <laughs> Yeah, you go to sleep saying the names. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, Aria. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fine. So, those people I'm still coming yeah. for, and I, I have not forgotten. You don't get to write your article about how, oh, man, Star Trek Discovery is so good. No, what? What was that? This you? This you? <laughs> I ain't forgot. I ain't forgot. Nope. Nope. Those people, no, those people I will never forget. Okay, Aria Stark. So we did get an email. <laughs> From Peyton. Hey, Peyton. He said, we back and it feels good. I love the season three premiere. The special effects for season two were beautiful. And season three said, hold my beer. I'm about to stun on these hoes. The SS Michael book ship has launched. Yes, it has. Hello. I mean, I still, I still miss Ash. That's, that's still my boo. I was going to ask you about that for real. That's going to be hard. (laughs) That's going to be so hard for me. I mean, but I like David Ajala too. I feel like I'm messing up his last name. I like him as an actor and look, yes, daddy. Yes. But I do miss Ash. (laughs) They had great chemistry. Hi, Michael. Maybe the best Michael. Yes. We don't find out book got a, got like a, a clean on it, him or something like that. I mean, that's sir, sir, like, we're not doing I'm that. Just saying, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying Burnham and relationships never, never last. So we're going to find out the other shoes going to drop the foot. I'm just calling it now. So when it happens, I don't want you guys yelling at me. I'm just saying. No, sir. Gonna... I'm going to stop you right now. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Right all, now. all I got to say is that like, they gave us uh, Burnham with the braids, and we ain't see him see her in that one in this episode. And uh, yeah, I, I need that right now. It's coming I'm be in the next season because I'm thinking they're going to do a time skip. Mm. Well, well they 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 know what I want. They better serve it up quick. <laughs> it's coming. Be patient. Uh, he said they did a really good job setting the stage for all the changes in the galaxy. It was great when Michael made that guy, Mister Sahil. Protect him at all costs, an officer. That was me. The protect him at all costs. That was me. I love that man. I love. I just want to hug him. He's so huggable. I want to hug that man. Anyway, <laughs> it was like she knighted him. Yes. Did you see how much taller and prouder he stood? He's so adorable. Anyway, <laughs> he was standing a little taller afterwards. Exactly. There it is. Season three is off to a great start. Season four already greenlit. Twenty twenty doesn't completely suck. Looking forward to the podcast. Thanks for writing in, Peyton. 
And oh, and notice when they said the season four is a go, they didn't say they were writing the script or, you know, getting started, pinning the script. They talking about production is about to begin. Yeah. Which aren't they? Um, they're shooting in Vancouver, aren't they? Yeah, probably. Yes, I believe so. Okay, so then yeah, they'll be fine. I don't trust them shooting in the U.S., but overseas they should be okay. I ain't nobody shooting nothing in the U.S. <laughs> right? That's a good not point. US. Not in Georgia. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> in, in this pandemic? <laughs> no, no, not happening. It's not happening. Um yeah. Um Well, we just got the awkward silence now. Everybody lose their lose, No, lose I'm here. We're all here. We didn't you didn't lose anybody. It was like that awkward silence that really just happened. I think think it all just hit us that we're all sitting here in the U.S. and we're just all like... (laughs) (laughs) Because I think it it was a wake-up call, like we're laughing and then we muted so that we could sob painfully into our our microphones. It's so funny talking about how trash the U.S. is and then you're like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm sitting here in Maryland in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just fucking... God damn it, why are we... Why are we so trapped? We right. are so fucking I'm trapped. I'm laughing knowing I haven't left my damn house in like two months. <laughs> like, not at all. Literally the meme of the dog here in the house on fire going, it's fine. It's Everything's fine. fine, right? Like me going to Pennsylvania Friday was the first time I've been like out, out since March. With the exception of a photo shoot. That is the first time I've been out, out since March. And let me tell you real quick, Pennsylvania... I will never go back there again until after the pandemic because then people, even in the hotel my sister was staying in, the people behind the desk had the mask around their chin. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> well, it doing? could always be worse. It could be Florida. This is how I look at, you know, every time I look at Star Trek Discovery and they're like, well, how did, like when Burnham's like, how did that happen? I'm like, well, you don't remember the pandemic of 2020? <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, come on. Yeah, I know. Come on. You had to know about that. You motherfuckers couldn't wear masks. What are you talking about? Have you met God, humans? No, have you met you humans? You know how to write that into your show. Like at, at this point in the show, movie, you can never say when something, somebody talks about something devastating that happened in the past, you can like, how did that happen? How do we let that happen? I'm like, you don't remember 2020? When you couldn't even get to wear like, a little mask and, and stay, stay, in, stay in the house and watch Netflix all day? We couldn't even get to do that. So what do you mean? I- I feel oddly vindicated by all of this, but because I've been saying for years that like the AI or alien apocalypse is not something that we oh. need to be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So it's not that. I, I, so I, I, I have agree with you. I told something we have to worry about, but my whole thing has been people when they see these movies or they see the pandemic or they see a pandemic. Any of these movies talk about something things going to shit. People going, people wouldn't act like that. I'm like, mm, okay, it would. And now we're sitting here. Literally, I'm I'm here in Upper Marlboro in in Maryland in my neighborhood. And yesterday, as I was leaving, I was going to the grocery store with my mask and things like that. I wasn't wearing it in the car because I'm by myself. I had my mask in the car, going to the grocery store. And literally, I I get to the end of my street and I'm looking, and there was no parking on the street because they were somebody was throwing a party at their house. Like maybe it was a baby shower or a birthday party or something like that. And, uh, And internally in the car, I'm screaming, it's still a pandemic. What the fuck are you doing? I really don't you know, get the baby showers. I, I really just, don't get the ba- the baby sh- baby. No immune yeah. system having baby. What the fuck are you doing? 
Oh, honestly, that is like honestly the most like unbelievable thing about this episode of Star Trek Discovery when she was like, Trilithium, how did it go? I'm like, come on, come on, Burnham. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you're you're nine hundred years into the future and you think humans and and I'm, I'm gonna say it, it's humans. You're and you're saying humans didn't fuck some shit up? Come on, yep. Burnham. You yeah. know it was us, right? Come on, we know the full galaxy. You got the Federation. You got to do this. You know when it comes down to it, the people that mess it up were the fucking humans because <laughs> we are trash. And so the entire time I'm going like, "Come on, Burnham. You know, you know who messed this shit up." You, like, <laughs> you're like, but I, I did all this to save the Federation. I'm like, no, you saved. You went to save sentient life, not the Federation. That's a key <laughs> difference. The key difference. You save life, but humans and us, we fuck shit up. As usual, and of course the Federation didn't last until 900 years in the future. Be heavy and essential, you know, capable of thought does not be capable of right. good thought. Well, and here's what's going to be interesting with Burnham. You didn't say, you didn't say, you didn't, you gotta, you gotta be very specific when you ask the genie what you want. You can't just say, I want to save life if you meant you want to save the Federation. It's two different things there, Burnham. Like, I, I just had to call her out on that one. I was like, well, technically, you did save humanity or life. Just, you know, the Federation is gone that's going to be the interesting thing this season though is watching her development because when you think about how she was raised basically from a point on and how she's adopted kind of that Vulcan focus about higher principles and things like that and how all of that is about to be severely challenged we saw her struggling with it in this episode alone when she was high and you know sorting through all that stuff what if her job is not to reestablish the federation what does she do then the, I, I'd be interested to see if we get to that point. Well, uh, oh yeah, I, 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 I think that's a great study in Burnham in general because she is a true believer. You, you're absolutely right. Everything about her is she goes 100% into whatever it is she is, and that that's a laudable um, a personality trait in some ways. But and it's exhausting. Yes, and and it, and it and, hinders you. And, it can hinder you. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was 100% Vulcan, and then she was 100% Federation. And then it's, yeah. There is there is there is a penalty to having the courage of your convictions to a certain degree. Well, it's that, and also, like, 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 we'll call her out on it. It's like, you always get the, you know, if you always got to get the last word, we're, and you're not going to make it. Yes. Right? It's, like that, right? it's, it's that sometimes you got to, you're in a different place, you're in a different time. You got to adjust to that. And like you said, we have just gotten to the point where, if you think about it, in those first two seasons, she had just gotten to a really good place. She had gotten grounded. She had gotten to an understanding of who she was, what she is, and, you know, what she wants. And now she's in the future now. She's separated from her crew. You know, she's separate. You know what? She's separated from her family. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Her crew is her family. Separated from her family. And so now she's trying to find the, find and grasp something that is is that. And so the Federation is that, but again, what does that look like? You know? And and that's why I think it comes interesting if we do say at some point, maybe that Section 31 show is in this future. Like, how does that look? Like, are you making the same mistakes that you made in the past? Like, what, is, what does it look like to build something like that from the ground up? You know? What is, you know, what caused the Federation to, to go away and what is people's um, opinions about it? Because I, I, I was of two thoughts. One was when he told her to take, take, take her calm off and take the, take the badge off so nobody sees it. 
but then two, the fact that well, so he was in this in this in this in this post with the the a, the the records of a blown up federation ship behind him, which is very surreal. Like nobody cleaned that shit up. Um, <laughs> and nobody, but also the fact that nobody's come for him, right? Nobody's come for them. Nobody's come and told him, no, you gotta stop this. So it's like. You know, there's this idea that people that still believe in the Federation are being true believers. And there are two ships still out there, you know, like at least at least. So, you know, what is the what is the the view? What is the real viewpoint of the Federation in this time period? What does that look like? And I don't know. Like I'm there's there's enough here that, again, I'm, I was always going to be in because it's Star Trek Discovery. But there's enough here to make you make you ask a lot of questions of. I want to know more of what that is. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many questions that we, that uh, we have that needs to be answered. And the fun part about discovery, which has always been the fun part about discovery is getting to those answers. Um, It's going to, it's going to, it's pretty much going to take most of the season. Like, like it normally does, but the ride is going to be fantastic. And I've, I've, I, for one, am so ready to take the ride. I love what they're doing with the Federation because it reminds me, I keep I, I, there, there's never an episode that goes by of Star Trek that where I don't bring up Star Wars. I need to get out of that. But it's <laughs> um, it, it's similar to how the you know, you watching the Clone Wars and you're like yeah, the Jedi gotta go. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like you know, I like the fact that 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 Discovery has been willing to poke holes into the Federation and to explore that, you know, the idea that it may not be as perfect as the people in it believe it to be. And I think it works because, like Star Wars, Star Trek still has somebody pointed towards the North Star. Yeah. You know, you all, there's, already, there's always somebody in pursuit of that ideal. Even if the if, if the if the institutions themselves have fallen short of it, um, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say the interesting thing about the Federation when you think about it, much like the Jedi, is where it got created. Like, it's you have an opportunity. It's much like with with um what happened with the X Men in the comics, right? When Claremont got a hold of the the his X Men run, it was able to basically retell the origin of the X Men if they had actually like from the beginning made the team more diverse and using that with the new mutants, right? Here you have an opportunity to kind of do that with the Federation. What if you started the Federation from the ground up, you know, with the people that really would make the Federation what it was supposed to intended to be? Because the thing about it, in, the, in, in, in what we know of the Federation, is centered on Earth, centered in Earthlings, and all this other stuff, right? Well, if you're rebuilding, you know, the Federation in the future, is Earth even there? And who's going to be, who's going to be, who's going to be building the Federation? It's going to be you know, obviously black and brown people, but it also might be black and brown races and other things like that. Like you have an opportunity here to kind of build out the Federation to truly like represent what the Federation actually was because you've wiped it out. And now you have to start anew with what those actual ideals are. You know, it's like when people say about the constitution of this country and I'm like, well, yeah, but they were all white men and a lot of them owned slaves. Like maybe we should start fresh with the ideals of the constitution were, but actually build in the actual marginalized voices that you should have at the beginning. And that could be where they're going with this. And if so, I'm, I'm here for it. Absolutely. 100% agree. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else before we wrap up? Nothing here. 
this year awkward silence again. <laughs> I think we're all just, again thinking about the fact that we're fucking stuck in the United States right now. <laughs> Don't go there. Remember the joy that was Star Trek. Stay on the joy. Stay on the joy. Anyway, so we're going to be covering this in uh, three episode blocks. So we'll see you guys back here in a few weeks. If you have feedback, you can email that in. Uh, we'll probably be recording the Sunday after the most recent episode. So the next episodes you're here is talking about are two, three, and four. And <coughs> you can find us on our social medias. That's in the post. Go to our website to find that stuff. And thanks for listening. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.